Greetings to all of you who have gathered here this morning. Call Andrew Tokuingoa on the Learns Kaiarahi. And um, before we get underway with our web conference this morning, I'll begin with a karakia. Unukia to po, to po fiti marama, tomukia to ao, to ao papitangata, tatai kirunga, tatai kiraro, tatai ahorau. Umie, uie, taikie. Well, no mai, haere mai, welcome to Taonga Tuku Iho, keeping our heritage alive, web conference number two. And um, warm welcome to all of you schools here listening this morning and our speaking school, St Paul's Catholic School in Nauru Wahia. And to Millie, our expert from Pauheri Taonga, our Heritage New Zealand. Really great that you can join us this morning, Millie. You're welcome. Now, some of you may have already seen Millie on some videos that are on the Field Trip uh, website. Um, but if you haven't had a chance to check out Millie's profile video, Millie, tell us a bit about the mahi you do for Pohiri Taonga. Okay, morena rangatahi ma. Um, so my name is Millie and I work for Heritage New Zealand Pohiri Taonga. I'm a visitor host. Um, also did a bit of mahi doing, um, facilitating the collections. So the collections are antique items that we have on site here. Um, and that's my job is to tell the history of this area um, to everybody that comes to visit us. Kia ora, Millie. Kia ora. So we've got St Paul's Catholic School asking some questions this morning. So what we'll do is we'll get you to ask them one by one. And um, hopefully you've got some keen akongas and keen students to come up and ask those questions. And when you do, if you can introduce yourself with your first name, so we know who it is that's asking the question. And make sure you get nice and close to the device you're using. If it's a laptop, for example, get close to that nice, clear voice and ask your question. So who's going to come and ask the first question? Hi, I'm Jordan. I'm Is the person who built this stone still related to you? And so how? Okay. Morena, Georgia. Thank you for your question. So I um, do have an ancestor um, that was a part of the build of the stone store. And his name was Christopher Harris. And he was one of the first Europeans in um, Northland to um, go into partnership with another gentleman. And they had a sawmill that used to run out of the Hokianga, which is on the west coast of Northland. And he married a rangatira or chief's daughter um, from over there. And she came with lots of land and lots of resources. And one of those resources were um, kauri. Does everybody know what kauri trees are? Yeah. So what he did was he chopped down some kauri and he sawmilled it. And then he put them on a big barge over in the Hokianga. He went up the top of the north past Cape Rienga and then came up here to Tikirikiri and brought the wood that's used um, for the stone store. So when you come into the stone store, you'll see these massive big beams um, and they are all Cody. So does that answer your question, Georgia? That's an awesome you, story. 
that's um that's quite a journey up around there in those days you know going, it was a lot further going around of course than, than straight mm -hmm. across and that's really cool millie thanks for sharing that You're welcome so what's our second question St Paul's? I'm Violet and what career pathway did you take to get to your job? I think I was really lucky Violet. Um, I had grown up up here in Northland in the Taitokiro. I grew up on what um, some would call a pa or the marae but um, I was entrenched with my um, history and my culture and it wasn't just about my Māori side, um, it was about my European heritage as well. And so that set me on a path um, as I got older. When I went to college, um, I had a beautiful um, teacher whose name was Miss Rowland. And she came from England, but she just had this passion for the history of Aotearoa. And she kind of made me realise just how important it was. So eventually, um, my path led me to here. So every day I get to talk about um, ancestors that relate to me. And it's on both my sides of Māori and European. So it's a bit of a... a personal passion that led me on this pathway. Does that answer your question, sweetie? Yeah, that's great. Um, I'm not that you're calling me sweetie, but... <laughs> no, I was calling Barry sweetie. Yeah, um, I think that was a really good question, Violet. Great answer. Um, and, well, what a great lesson, isn't it, to, to follow those passions. And, and um, mm -hmm. I'm sure at some point along your educational pathway you come across an inspirational teacher and that's often the catalyst when we talk with people on that, that work in a variety of different fields they often and the say, good thing is violet she still comes to visit me on site nice <laughs> yeah that's really awesome so our third question st paul's when was the land discovered and settled by maori and european this is the Morena Api. So, when we talk about Northland, um, has everybody heard of Kupe? Has everybody heard of Kupe? No. There's, so a, few Kupe, nods, there's a few nods there. A few nods? Well, if, if the ones that do know about Kupe can let the other ones that aren't sure who Kupe is... Um, Kupe was one of the earlier Māori settlers that came to Aotearoa and he came to a place in Northland known as the Hokianga. Um, some people know it as um, Te Hokianga a Kupe, which means the return of Kupe, because what he did was he landed in the Hokianga and he left his daughter and her husband here and he went back to Hawaii and let everybody know where Aotearoa was and that was the start of the migration um, of Māori coming on their waka, if everybody's heard that history of the seven waka that come, came to Aotearoa. So it was about, some say, from 800 years to 1,000 plus years ago. Does that answer your question? Yes. Kāpai. And there's a bit, bit of water flowed under the bridge since then, um, obviously. So Yes. So obviously then it was around, I think it was 1769 when Cook first arrived in the Bay of Islands. It right was. Now? And it that was, was when that was when 
um, Maori and European here had had their first contact, wasn't it? Yes, even though Abel Tasman did come a bit earlier. But that was did he come into North? Not up north. Well, apparently he went around the north, but he never quite called in. But I, think but I, I can I can personally say this to you, Rangatahi, that um, I have a tupuna or ancestor um, who I whakapapa to. Um, his name is Patuone. And he was a little boy, apparently, when um, Captain Cook came. And he went on the ship um, with his father um, at that time. So that's quite neat. That's amazing. Yeah, it's an amazing story, actually. Um, I think 2020, there's a field trip um, that we did up here that was about those first contacts. And there's some really neat videos, actually, about some uh, early sites of occupation when, um, when people first came to Aotearoa on an island called Mangahawea, or a bay mm -hmm. called Mangahawea, and they've done some archaeological work that's uncovered the evidence of some of the things that were happening at that time. So uh, I can't quite think of the name of that field trip off the top of my head, but it was 2020, some interesting stuff there that you can look at if you're interested in that. But that's awesome. Another great question and answer. Uh, so we are on question number four now. Crazy, and um, what was the population of the height of the Bodhi and European settlements? It was um, the population was actually quite high. Um, when European arrived, the Maori population was in the hundreds of thousands, um, and when the um, Captain Cook let everybody know that Aotearoa existed. There were all sorts of um, traders, whalers and sailors that were coming down. Um, so it was quite a popular area up here um, at that time and a lot of coming and going. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, a lot, lot of history around this place. Um, we could talk for a lot longer than 30 minutes on it, that's for sure. Barry's just mm -hmm. put the link into that field trip that I was uh, referring to uh, where we look at some of the histories of uh, early Māori occupation of the area and then subsequent initial contacts between Māori and European. It was around the time that the 250 commemorations were taking place that we did that field trip. However, we move on and... Um, we're on to this next question now, question number five. Hello, my name is Fletcher, and when you talk about priceless artifacts, what do you mean? Priceless artifacts, they don't have a um, monetary value. So when you go to the shop and you buy something, um, you're paying for it. You've got um, monetary value in your hand with money. These items that um, we have are priceless in every way because we'd never be able to buy another one with the same history, with the same um, story that they tell um, as part of the history here. Does that answer your question, darling? Yes. 
Does that mean they're uh, irre irreplaceable? They can't be replaced. Is that what often is meant by priceless? Um, sometimes, yep. But they, some of them just have a unique history that, you know, will never be two of a kind. And I guess it's also a lot of it is to do with the place that those artifacts are in. And, you know, why would you ever sell them anyway? Because they mean so much to the story of the place that they come from. Yeah. It's a really interesting question that um, you could think about artifacts maybe that you, you know of um, where you live and why they would be priceless. So there's different reasons for that. Okay, can we give our uh, next question, please, St. Paul's? Hi, I'm Thomas, and my question is, did the same people that build the stone store build the camp house? Some of them were, Thomas. Um, that's a good question. Um, the ones that built Kemp House, um, some of them were brought over from Sydney, Australia, and they were brought because of their um, trade skills that they had. Once they finished the Kemp House, some of them returned back to England and returned back to um, Sydney, but some of them stayed on. And then they became, the funny thing about the stone store and the builders, um, as well as the house, a lot of their names were William. So there was a William Hall, William Parrot, William, you had William in every way and form. And then, of course, there was a Māori William whose name was Widamu. So a lot of Williams built that house and the stone store. It is interesting. Something <laughs> about the time of the year. Yeah, um, maybe it was after King William. Right, of course, yes. That's often how the popularity of names go, isn't it? Mm-hmm whether it's royalty or other popular figures. And, um, of course, if you don't know, um, the Stone Store and Kent House uh, are two of the oldest buildings still standing in Aotearoa, so they're, they're pretty special places. So one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, number seven, question number seven. And what is the most interesting and or unusual artifact you have in the Stone Museum? In the Stone Store? Um, I think it's the um, rat balls that we have. And what rat balls are is um, rats obviously would run around um, in the Stone Store or underneath the Stone Store, sometimes along the rafters, but they'd collect different bits of material and then they'd put these materials together as they were rolling them back to their nest and they made little balls. And so we've got quite a few of those little balls still intact that have been found under the floors um, and stuck in between joins of the wood. So those are probably the interesting um, things for me in the Stone Store Museum. It's not quite the quick, not quite the answer I was expecting, Lily. <laughs> <laughs> what makes them so interesting? Because they actually house a lot of um, early materials. So you've right. got different um, fabric from different yeah. eras. And it might, may have been somebody's hanky that just fell down and they've managed to wind it up and it's all encompassed in layers. Isn't that fascinating? Yeah. Mm. And it's often sometimes just those 
we were talking to Bill yesterday, mm-hmm. and Bill was talking about um, that the one of the most amazing artifacts that he's come across um, is some is is I think it's shell um, mm-hmm. that was found in an archaeological site because he's an archaeologist. So Bill also works probably Palmer Heritage New Zealand, and but that shell. I think it's the shell. Is that right, Barry? Yeah, my Barry's nodding. That's only not found in New Zealand. Mm-hmm. And so that is the clear evidence of the direct line between um, the Pacific voyages that came to Aotearoa. And so he, he said that, that for him, that was one of the most... And I, I hadn't expected that to be... You know, you'd think, oh, it's a few shell fragments. But it's mm-hmm. the story behind... <laughs> yeah. And I think because of our um, jobs, um, you know, everyone assumes that we've got these really, um, and we have, we've got an amazing collection of items, but there's some that are just so basic that actually tell you more of the story. Yeah. Like what Bill um, had told you. So, yeah, that's mine anyway. And I think that's a really good lesson too. So, you know, when you think about your own... um, items of heritage you, you might have at home even you know they could be really basic things but there's stories behind them and so mm-hmm. you know we and it makes heritage accessible for us it doesn't have to be those amazing pieces that are so rare and priceless they could just be ordinary everyday things that we wouldn't really think much of but if we do, drill down dig a bit deeper you know they can tell these some amazing stories so that's something to think about as well um, so we're on question number eight now, guys. Some really good questions this morning. Thank you, St. Paul's. Hi, Stella. Did the people who built the stone store leave in a histo- historical mark, like a signature or a token, other than the stone state? Yes, they did. So we have um, signatures. Um, one of them in particular we have on display. And the gentleman's name was John Black, and he was an American. And he married one of the um, Kemp daughters. But what he did was he engraved his name on one of the glass planes, panes of the um, stone store. And then what happened was there's actually a bullet hole in that particular pane. And so... You can see the bullet hole, you can see the shattering, but you can also see his name, um, the engraving that he left. So we've still got that on um, show for the public um, in the stone store. And then there's, um, going back to our ancestor who provided the wood beams, um, his signatures on the Cody beams up in the attic. So everywhere throughout the buildings, even within Kemp House, you've got little, um, what we call graffiti, that's been left behind for us to see. So that's definite, but definite yes. It just reminds me, a quick story about my dad who built the house I grew up in and um, where he was doing some alterations a number of years later and he, and he pulled some of the stuff back and then he reminded himself of he had actually written some stuff um, <laughs> and signed it. For the sole purpose of if one day if somebody ever did anything to the house, it'd be, oh, that must have been the person who built it. And it quite <laughs> funny. Oh, look at this. I forgot about that. Um, 
And number nine, question number nine about artifacts. Hi, my name is Sebastian. And why do the artifacts have to be behind glass? What do they Hi. do to preserve them? Hi, Sebastian. That's a cool question. Um, the main purpose of why artifacts are behind glass is so that um, people don't continually touch them. Um, we as humans have an instinct to touch everything. And when you touch everything, um, when it comes to artifacts, you can actually really destroy their physical nature. Um, when you have them enclosed in glass, it keeps out um, things like dust, because um, dust can do a lot of damage to a lot of the artifacts as well. Does that answer your question, Sebastian? Yes, thank you. You're very welcome. And I, and I guess, too, it's um, stop bugs getting in there as well. Moths and things All like sorts. That. Yeah. Mainly those fingers. <laughs> And uh, a final question this morning from St. Paul's about the buildings. Hi, my name is Benson. How do you make the buildings earthquake-proof? And how do you meet today's safety standards? Morena, sweetie. So, um, the buildings I work in, one is the oldest stone building in Aotearoa, and the other one is the oldest remaining building in Aotearoa. And because they are the oldest, um, they're not actually reinforced um, for earthquakes. Um, why that is, is because it's the oldest, um, it's hard to engineer, um, which means um, you may have to change the fabric or the structure of the building. And so um, I think in the 90s, they put in a little bit of... Um, the certain way they did the stonework. But other than that, it's actually not um, earthquake proof. Well, luckily, Northman's not known for its earthquakes. I know, but we are on the ring of fire. Yeah. <laughs> so. We're all in the firing line at some point in, the, in Aotearoa. Yeah, but every, every heritage building... Um, in different areas have different ways of strengthening um, to make them earthquake proof. Does anybody have, just while we've got Millie for another five minutes, does anybody have anything else they'd like to ask Millie while we're here? Don't be shy. No question is a silly question. Can I just be My name's Ollie. Um, how does heritage uh, relate to Kaitia Tanga? Okay, so um, our full name is Heritage New Zealand Pohere Tonga. Um, and Pohere Tonga is a way of expressing how we look after things um, that are Tongas to us, <clears throat> that are special to us. And we base our mahi um, around looking after not only buildings, but areas, um, even the ground, our archaeologists um, look after all the significant areas throughout New Zealand where they may dig one day and find out about our history as well. Does that explain the question, sweetie? You sure? <laughs> Kaupai. Anybody else got a question for Millie? 
Research says to wait 20 seconds when you ask a question to make sure we've exhausted all possible responses. <laughs> well, have That's you got a, a lecturer told me once? I'll yeah. ask one. Apart from what you've already said, have you got a favourite taonga or favourite place? Um, Barry, have you ever been to the site? Have you been to the Kitty Kitty Mission Station? So it's a bit hard to choose. Um, mm, yeah, that's why I asked. Favourite site, yeah. Um, it's the whole, to me, the whole thing is a Tonga, and that's encompassing the um, Kororipo Pa as well. Um, we're very lucky that um, we are in a basin-like landscape, so we get to pretty much have it all. Um, the history that we tell is literally the book that we're in on site. Um, that's the only way I can explain it. So it's it's pretty much the whole the whole area, right. and all of the items as well. Looks like we've got a young person here wanting to ask a question. How does a hair tense affect our generation? You know, darling, when um, when you go grow up in Aotearoa, um, I think it's important to know um, not only your future. At school, we get taught a lot about um, what we need to learn to help us in the future. And a lot of um, heritage and history from the past um, can help us do that as well. We learn who we are. Um, we learn about ancestors. Um, some of our characteristics may have come from these people. Um, we learn how hard their lives um, have been. So it takes us a minute to appreciate the life that we have now. Um, when I walk through the house with children and they see that all the jobs they had to do to go and um, make a simple cup of coffee or a cup of tea, um, now we just turn a tap on or turn a jug on. Um, and so it's a time to look back and just appreciate who you are and where you sit in um, Aotearoa as a whole. That's how I think it, it's important to your guys' generation. Yeah, I mean, it's there's a, there's a lot of things that, um, that kind of carry on through time and we perhaps don't think about the impact they have on us today. But... Um, but obviously we've come from somewhere. And so, you know, heritage plays a part in shaping the present and, and it can also help us um, going into the future as well. I think that's probably a good place to leave it. Um, we could, like I said, I could, I could personally sit here all day. I, I'm fascinated with history, heritage. Um, I learn so much all the time about our special places in Aotearoa, the special people, um, artifacts that tell stories. There's so much to discover. And, you know, I really encourage you to learn more about the places you come from and the places you live, because I think learning about the history of a place you live also helps you really appreciate it as well. And, um, and yeah, so that's sort of my parting message. But I'd really like to thank you again, Millie, for your time. You're welcome. Morning really enjoyable listening to you answer these questions that uh, we've come from St Paul's Catholic School in Narua Wahia and that's a great place too I learned a bit about um, a really neat place called the Hakarimata Ranges just last mm. week we visited 
And so, um, you know, that's that's another great thing about traveling around the country is learning about lots of different places and things that have happened there as well. So thank you to the listening schools as well that joined us this morning. And this uh, web conference is recorded. And where can we find that, Barry, if we want to listen to it again? So it'll be on that um, Connect with Expert page, that link that I put up right at the beginning. And make sure, of course, you check out all the field trip videos. And uh, if you haven't had a look at the Discover More pages, do that. And the Google Earth web tour, which is the online field trip experience. But I think we all deserve, uh, or I don't deserve it perhaps so much, but Millie deserves our show of appreciation. Thank you, um, Rangatima, for your beautiful question. Um, remember I said, no question is a silly question and don't stop asking questions. So we yeah, and we can all unmute and say kakiti ono to Millie. You can yell it out if you want. Kakite, kakite, Mali, Yami, Matiwa, Matiwa, that brings our web conference to an end. Thank you, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>